Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. Hey, hey, welcome back, everybody. And today's episode is going to be straight fire. We got Brody Cell Nitro in the house. Once in a while, you come across these people where you're, you're doing the pre-show, you're looking through their story. And you're like, how did this person get out of this? Like, seriously, how is that even possible? This guy's story is so inspiring. What he's gone through, what he's doing, where he's going is just like amazing. And I just love the hero's journey. I love seeing what somebody went through and how they've been able to come out of it and use their adversity as fuel to blaze that trail that they're looking to create. And it's just so exciting. So Brody Nitro's in the house. We're going to get right into it. I cannot wait to get into his intro. We'll get into that in just a second. Today's review comes from the Human Optimizer. It was called Awesome Podcast, Five Stars. This podcast has great content and covers important topics. Lance is the man. I appreciate you, Human Optimizer. Thank you so much for that review. If you guys get value from this, make sure you leave a review at the end of the show. It means so much. I go through all of them. And hit that subscribe button. It doesn't cost you anything. All it does is help the show grow. So, the more subscribers, the more eyeballs it gets to, the more ears, and the more lives we can change. So keep it coming, guys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. My next guest has one of the most incredible and powerful stories we've had on this show. From growing up in an environment of violence, drugs, sleeping on park benches while stealing food to survive, this was a normal way of life for him. His battle with mental illness, anxiety, depression made his life very difficult with eventually landed him behind bars. The worst part was that six months of that was in solitary confinement. Hard for anybody to really fathom and believe that is even possible for somebody. Normally, someone with this track record would have been a write-off and never amounted to much and would probably spend the rest of their lives in crime and eventually death. Not this guy, though. He had a different plan for his life he decided to take his life in his own hands and carve out a new path that would change his entire life by making one new decision, to believe in himself. He has now gone on to become one of the most inspirational people in the online space by helping people go from employee to entrepreneur by focusing deeply on personal development and by leading by example with his relentless work ethic to show up each and every day. He has helped change so many lives in a short period of time which has led him to create wealth, success, and abundance in all areas in his life. So I'm really excited to have him on. He's a gem. He's just killing it and super pumped up. So Brody Sal Nitro, welcome to the show, bro. Woo! How's that for an intro? Thank you, my brother. You like, that? You. You like that intro? I, li- I love that. I'm hyped. I'm ready to rock and roll and give some value, tell my story from the depths of despair at the bottom of the ocean and how it took them concrete boots off and... I'm flying now, baby. Cool to get into this with you, dude. Awesome, man. And, you know, I just love it. And this is why I do the show. I love to hear the, the hero's journey, man. I want to know how people can go through such fucking shit in their lives and be able to turn it around and to be able to go on to become successful and to be able to extract that lesson for people, man, because life can be hard and there's just so many walls that we hit and it's so easy to crumble and die. and it's so great to hear a story where you can hear, you can see the contrast and to be able to go on to success. So maybe just uh, fill in the gaps for us, man. Take us back as far as you want to go. Tell us about yourself and a bit about the beginning of your journey. 
All right, yeah, man, for sure. I'd be happy to do that. I think a few times I've gone into my story on when I've done a speech or I've been speaking on stages, which is crazy to even think that I've had a chance to do that. And maybe sometimes I leave some bits out of my story, but I guess I'm going to try and go as deep as I can for you guys right here and on this podcast because I know that's what this is about. So I think at about the age of two is when my dad walked out. And for some reason, I feel like I can almost remember it, but whether or not I've just kind of stuck those memories together from what my parents have told me. But I feel like I remember my dad walking out and me feeling like a bit of a burden myself. And I think that's when some massive self-love issues and values started coming up for me or beliefs was from a very young age or at least thinking maybe it was my fault that my dad walked out or that my parents broke up. And then I I spent a lot of time living with my mom. And obviously I didn't know at the time I was a kid, but my mom was very, 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 very sick at the time. Um, She was trying to work multiple jobs and get a nursing degree. She was a very smart lady, but you know, her friends introduced her to, to drugs and stuff. So she could work those ridiculous hours to cover her university degrees and feed me. And not knowing that she had all these underlying mental health issues, which was then genetically passed on to me, the use of all these prescription medications and alcohols and wines, et cetera, to numb her pain triggered something inside of her. So she was a paranoid schizophrenic. So I dealt with that most of my life was seeing horrible things, horrible acts of violence and, and neglect and, and, and all these things at the time I didn't really understand. I just wanted my mum to love me and she loved me the best that she could. Um, but, but now I get it cause I've gone through the exact same stuff and you know, most of the time my life, I feel like basically all I can remember from the ages of probably three to 10 is my mum just getting the shit beat out of her from one end of the house to the other. And, th- and that's really all I can remember. And I know my mum was, my mum was pretty violent herself towards the men too. So I don't really have too much ill thoughts towards some of these men I did at the time until I grew up and I experienced a lot more things. And I mean, my mom was pretty fucking crazy herself. So yeah, so that's what I seen. I think I was about the age of 10. I think I was in grade four living in Melbourne, Victoria. And it was the last time I seen my mom being choked out on the uh, lounge room floor by one of her partners. She was going blue in the face and I was a little kid and I knew I couldn't stop her. And to be honest, I was good friends with the dude that was doing it. Like I felt like he was my stepdad. So it was just such a weird thing. And it had kind of become the normal for me. So I wasn't really scared or anything. I was just like, well, mom's being choked out again. But I was sitting in my bedroom and I think I was playing Nintendo or something. I can't remember what it was at the time. Super Nintendo. I aced that game. I was good at that. It was a good escape. But I was playing that and I'm just like, you know what? Like, I don't have to be here. I feel like this is a pretty good reason to walk out of the door right now. At the end of the day, my mum's being choked out. If I tell people I want to leave, like they're just going to take me. So I went across to the street and I said, I don't want to have to go back there. I'm, I'm over it. Like I didn't want to hear the sound of smashing plates over someone's head or a pot getting thrown across the kitchen ever again or the screaming or the yelling. Like I'd had enough. I was eight to 10 years old and that's what my subconscious mind was getting programmed with. No wonder I was so prone to violence most of my life. So they called my dad and they said, listen, your son wants to come move with you. And after a very short conversation with my dad, he basically said, listen, son, if this is what you want, this is what it's going to be. There's no going back. Like if I go through with this and I take you away from your mother, like it's not going to be that easy. Well, it ended up being much easier than we thought. I think my mum maybe needed a break from the whole parenting thing to work on herself. So I then went and moved in with my dad and his partner and they had no kids and it was just us. And uh, it was kind of like the happy little family that I never had. But then I I guess I always had a self-love issue and I always wanted to get it from somebody else. And when 
my dad and his partner had their own kids who were then my stepbrother and stepsister who I loved to death at the moment. At the time, I literally loved them to death. Like that's how I felt about it at the time. Like we weren't close then because I felt like I was like being selfish. Like I wanted my parents just for myself. Like I'd finally gotten love. Like I don't want to have to share it with these little fuckers, right? So I think I just like, that was my attitude from the get-go. And then there was a lot of angst and negativity between me and my little siblings. My dad would get home after work in a 10-hour shift and there would just be us kids arguing and I was the oldest one. And I always felt like I was the one getting blamed for everything. But I can't really remember. I was probably being a little shit. I don't know. But after a few years of this and feeling a massive disconnect from the family, I left. I opened up the bedroom window, maybe 16, 17 years of age, and I had my beanie. I had an iPod shuffle. I was listening to Eminem. I had a backpack with some clothes, and I had like $100, I'd say, from working at the local fast food restaurant. And I jumped out the window, and that was it. I walked from where I lived, which was a place called Greenvale, and there'll be someone on here who knows where Greenvale is. And I walked to the city very far. I think it's like a, it would have to be a, a 35 kilometer drive. So it was really far. It, it took me, it took me the whole night. And then into the morning is when I woke up on the park bench and I looked at my mobile phone and I had all these missed calls from my dad. And at the time, even if I wanted to come home, my dad was such a strict parent that I was convinced he was going to kick the shit out of me for leaving at nighttime. So I kind of didn't go back home because I was scared of getting punished. But really, I was cold as shit on that bench and I wanted to come home. So, but yeah, now I found out later in life that my dad really just wanted his son back for the next five years because he basically had no idea where I was until one day he hadn't heard my name for a while and he just figured I'd been shot, murdered, put into a, a car boot somewhere or I was in jail. So he made a few phone calls and he finally knew where I was. I was in prison and that was the first time I'd seen him in a couple of years, man. Wow, man. Yeah, it's, I can relate with you with step families and all that. It's really tough, man, because you feel like there's a lack of love and attention already and you don't want to share that. And at that age, it's such a tender age because there's so much shit going on at school and like peer pressure and all this stuff. And you just want to have that love at home. And you don't know that you're getting that. It's really tough. I know exactly. My dad remarried. We some, uh, married a woman with four kids. It was fucked, man. Like it was like, <laughs> I know exactly when you said that. I was like, oh man. And like, you never have enough time with them. Right. And it really messes you up. No, the only time I had with my parents was when I was getting screamed at because I'd hurt my little brother or my little sister done something. I should have been watching them instead of living my yeah. young life. Yeah, it's crazy. So, all right, you ended up in jail. I just can't even imagine a young guy, anybody in that for that matter. But like, what was that like? I mean, I'm sure you've been asked that, but I mean, what, what were you thinking when you were in there? You know, like maybe paint a picture of what it's like. Is it like the movies? Is it like, what was it in there? What were you thinking? What was going on when you were in there? By the time I'd gone to prison, I was a completely different human being. Like, yeah. that was exactly the place that I needed to, to be in. Yeah. I, they needed to keep me in prison because I was that person. But there was also a part of me that was very loving, very caring, yeah. very trustworthy, very loyal. But I just wanted an extraordinary quality of life. I'd seen my dad work for 30 years for a house and then lose that house. So I was trying to think of other ideas to make a lot of money like they do in the movies, right? And yeah. at the end of the day, I was fucking homeless anyway. 
I didn't speak to my family. I was couch surfing. Sometimes I'd have to steal food to eat. The only validation I got from women was because of how much of a badass I was. So that's how my value of myself really grew. So, I mean, when I was looking at the possibility of going to prison, was I scared? Yes. Was I worried about it? Not really. I was fucking homeless anyway. This was going to be, I didn't have to pay rent. Like I got a free gym membership in there and I always had a fucking bed. Right. So that was basically, I wasn't all that scared to go to prison, which is a pretty scary thing to have to deal with is a dude who doesn't care about going to prison. But then when I got there, there was a massive mindset shift because I realized that most of the people in prison were nothing like the people that I thought they would be. Like, I thought I was going to go to prison. There's going to be all these ex-gangster millionaires, ballers, all the rest of it, when realistically, 90% of the people in there were junkies, right? We're just like people that would just want to rob fucking old ladies and like just do like real petty shit. And that's not what I was about. And I soon realized that everything that I'd been told about all these people and characters, it, it was most of it was all bullshit and that I was living this fake life where if I ever had anything nice, the police were going to take it off me anyway. If I ended up with a beautiful girlfriend who was attracted to me because of that lifestyle, she was only ever going to cheat on me if my best friend was in jail anyway. And these were all realizations that I started happening. Like this is not worth it. This actually does. This is not a business model that works because all these people who ever had anything, it all got taken off them from the police. So Doing crime isn't a business model that works. Working a nine to five until you're 65 to pay off a house for 30 years also isn't a business model that works. So I wasn't going to listen to what society said, my teachers said, or the gangsters said. I was going to split test my life until I figured out what gives me what I want in abundance without it being able to get taken away from me. And then one day, that penny dropped. I was working. I'd gotten released from prison. It'd been three years. And there was a man there. He was a multimillionaire. He was bricklaying because he just loved it for something to do. But he had millions on millions. And he told me and my friend, and my friend had done about eight years prison at this time. He told us both. He said, listen, like you guys can be extremely successful. You have everything you need to be successful. As long as you got air in your lungs in the morning, like if you've got the courage to do it and you find something, you can do it. And that was the point in which I knew I was never going back to jail. But going back to your question, sorry for going on that oh, rant That's there. all right, man. Go. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, all good. Being in prison was, um, I mean, so I obviously I had two personalities. There was the personality where I was in my cell and I was like, fuck, I hope I don't get stabbed in the morning. But then there was the personality when I was walking around the unit and I had to, you know, pull the shoulders back, push the chest forward anyone fucks around well we've got to do what we've got to do but at the same time you know i'm still that little boy who's missing out on that love from his family and i'm lost and i don't know what i'm doing this fucking concrete jungle because i was raised by good parents yes there was lots of violence in my home with my mum growing up but it wasn't as if it, there was yes that's crime obviously but my mum wasn't a criminal she wasn't robbing banks and like doing that stuff and my dad certainly my dad's never even taken drugs in his whole life so it's not as if i was a poster child to be, you know, this criminal. So there was still a part of me that shouldn't have been in prison. And that's the part of me now, the part of me that actually wants to help people and give value to others. For sure, man. But the thing is, there's such a fine line at that age because so many of us as teenagers could have landed up and doing the same. You're just a kid, man. Like you're just a teenager. You make a decision, you end up and you have to deal with it. I mean, I was in that situation where it's so close. So many people could have ended up in jail by doing something stupid. You know, you steal the wrong thing, hang out with the wrong person by association, then you're landing in jail, right? I mean, 
as long as you learn from it, right? So when you're in jail, were you kind of, did you have that kind of like epiphany, like, okay, fuck, shit needs to change? Or what did it take you to kind of get out, do the other job? Or were you kind of on that path? Like, because usually, you know, when you make that decision, you kind of, you start to meet the right people and then things start to align, right? So did you have a little bit of clarity in jail coming out already? And then things started to click? My first probably 12 months in jail. So I was in jail. I had eight different court cases, eight different trials and eight different jurors. If I had got found guilty for any one of those trials, I was looking at 10 to 15 years prison time. So I, I was in jail for my first 12 months on remand with no idea when I was getting out. I didn't have a release date. I was either getting found not guilty when they decided to bring me to court and I was let out. Or I was found guilty and I was doing 15 years anyway. So I kind of wasn't thinking like, what business am I going to start when I get out of prison? I was just thinking, yeah, I want to make enough food and I'm doing enough gym. So if someone ever attacks me in here, I'm ready to rock and roll. Because that's all I could think about at the time. But then things started going well. I started beating some court cases and I thought, you know what? Like, You kind of don't piss this opportunity up against the wall, right? For whatever reason, people could have found me guilty and they didn't like, that can go either of two ways, whether you're guilty or not. You're in prison. Like if they want to find you guilty, that's it. You're in. If you haven't got the money to fight that stuff, well, that's the story for you. But I met a couple of older dudes in there who were in jail, but they weren't always in and out of jail. It was kind of like their first time or second time. And they were at least 80% completely straight. And they might've broke the law just the 20%, right? So I started to more align myself with people like that that made more sense to me it's like fuck okay so you haven't spent your whole time in prison and you're a pretty smart dude all the rest of it so i started thinking differently about okay well obviously you can't just be a criminal full time because then you're just asking to be locked up for the rest of your life so then i started to transition from you are who you hang around and then i got out i was released i had this massive weight lifted off my chest like i've got a fucking second chance at life my dad picked me up like for, he was there every single week visiting me in prison. And don't forget, I'd been a runaway. He always showed up no matter what. He'd come to every single court case. He'd take a day off work. Like he could have been fired. Like the amount of days he, I was in court for six months straight, right? And he would come to court. And then I was released and he let me come move straight into his home. So I had that kind of, that home, that nurturing feeling again. And it was hard going from three years in prison seeing all this stuff and then going back to living with my dad and I can't even have a girl over and I haven't had a woman in my life for three years. So I had to go back through all that shit again with my old man and the rules and stuff. (laughs) But eventually it kind of all worked itself out. I got this message from this guy when I was bricklaying one day doing carpentry, but he was a bricklayer and he told me, you know, you could be a millionaire. For whatever reason, I started listening to Jim Ron and inspirational speakers on YouTube. And then it really flicked a switch in me, which I found myself, I remember that I was a good person that before going to prison, it was only two years before that date that I'd never actually done a crime in my life or even would have thought of doing a crime. So yes, I've done bad things and I deal with that shit every day, but it was for such a short span of my life that it really doesn't mean that that's who I am. But it's given me the tools and it's also given me the history, the track record that I can now say to someone who's spent 10 years in prison, it doesn't have to be that way forever. There is better ways that you can actually help people instead of hurting people, make money and actually give back to the universe instead of taking so much. Yeah. And the reason I, I wanted to talk about this is because on paper, if you were to look at that, 
people would say, there's no way that guy's getting back from that. Right. And just the mindset, I wanted to paint a picture of being in that jail cell because people don't realize like the odds are so stacked up against you at that point, things start to work out. And then you're like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to fuck this up. This is my chance. Right. Because so many people during their lives, they go through these little adversities, these little things. And it's like, Oh, my whole life. And they're victim to circumstance, but something like that is so huge. And if somebody can find it in them to get through that, and then go on to become what you have now. This is what excites me about this, bro. So, okay, now you're out, you're bricklaying, you're working, doing hard labor, man, and you kind of got this light inside of you, and you're like, okay, there's got to be something more. I can, you know you're obviously, you found that spark. You're reading. What happened now? Like, what, what led you to, like, this huge... You jogged, like- you jogged something in my brain here. So I'm sitting in court. I've got one trial left. I've just beaten seven. I've got two co-accused, so two other people who are accused of the crime with me, who are my best friends, they're older than me. I look up to them since I was younger. I've known them a few years. I got my best friend on my right and my other best friend on my left. We go into court together and I really look up to these guys. They've done a lot more prison time than me, but if they thought it was cool, I thought it was cool, right? Well, my best friend on my right hangs himself in his prison cell and he was basically my brother. So the next day I go to court, he's not next to me. And my best friend on my left, who I always looked up to, who never took drugs, all the rest of it, has gotten addicted to heroin. And I'm looking at him, and then my best friend on my right's gone, and that's when I was smart enough to realize that this is where I'm heading up. I'm either going to be you know, a heroin addict, or I'm going to kill myself, or I'm going to continue this and get shot if I'm ever released. So that was actually the turning point when I thought, I'm smart enough and big enough to be able to do this the right way. They didn't grow up in the same environment that I did. Yeah. And then having that, your dad as a support must've been huge. I mean, that's massive. Just having a little bit of support, a little bit of belief in you to just kind of help you because getting out of there, I mean, how you must've been so vulnerable. You must've been like being in jail. I can't even imagine, you know, like that support and that encouragement to help you must've been so, so important to like kind of projecting you on the right path. Some people get out of jail, they've just done six years, and maybe the last three years was in solitary confinement because they kept getting in fights. Imagine being stuck in one room with no light, you don't see any people, you might have a TV and you get fed food through a hole for three years, and then you're released into normal civilian society, but you've got no family, and if you do, they're junkies as well, and you're just released, and you're, how's that person just going to go find a job or... Like that's so far from reality when you've been locked in this room for three years, just hearing people screaming, slitting their wrists in the cell next to you. Like, and then trying to like, just go walk into society and find a job or start studying or like, and I know we put ourselves in there, but I'm just saying like, put yourself in that person's shoes. It's only a couple of weeks before you're back on drugs, robbing a house because you don't know what else to do. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm grateful that for some reason I found the way out. And not only that, that I found a platform, a system, something that works so well that I'll never have to worry about money again. And that anybody who aligns themselves with what I do and puts the hard work in can have the same success. So Perfect. Yeah. So let's hear about that journey now. I'm glad you That's brought that up. So, oh, all right. So I want to hear how you were able to get out of that, that hard labor job. What was mm. the phone call? What was the message? Did you see something? 
how did it happen, man? Let's for the, somebody listening out there, busting their ass, thinking that there's no way to get out of this. How did you get out of it? All right. So I always knew I wanted more. Even when I was a kid, I wanted more. Even when I was in that bad lifestyle, I wanted more of that. Even when I got out and I was out for another three years. It's not as if this has just been overnight. Like I was out for three years and I was kind of making the transition from all the different things, you know, I guess the last thing was no more cigarettes, no more alcohol. And then that was pretty much that whole life gone. Right. And don't forget, I was addicted to drugs. I was addicted to methamphetamine, ice, pills, downers, uppers, sideways, whatever you want to call it. I've done it all. Like I was addicted to everything and I've been able to let all that go. So it's not just one thing like, Oh, I went to jail. Like I was addicted to drugs. I've been addicted to sex. I've been addicted to negative environments and negative and attracting negative people into my life. I was addicted to, self-sabotage and all that kind of stuff and now i don't drink alcohol i don't smoke cigarettes i don't even eat meat i fast 16 hours a day i'm committed to one woman who's like never broken a law in her life like i'm so connected with my family now me and my dad are best friends my mum and i have even got a pretty good relationship i would never be able to spend the money that i've been able to make and it's completely legitimate i can give to charity i can travel around the world whenever i want I can help people when they get out of prison and inspire them. So if you're sitting there and you think that you can't give value to this world, you don't need to start there. You just need to start by adding value to yourself every single day for a year. And at the end of the year, you'll be 365 times better than when you started. And then I promise you can ask anything of the world that you want. And once you've given to yourself. So I'd worked for probably two years in construction, man. And I was always thinking of other ways to make money. I'm like, all right, so I'm going to get this dog and that dog and they're going to make really good puppies and I'll be able to make a few thousand dollars there and then I can invest that money and buy some Bitcoin and then once that Bitcoin works, I'm going to invest in my own storage facility company and then if people don't pay for their storage, I can sell their storage and all this stuff. I'm always trying to think of ways to make money, make money right? <laughs> and my boss always said to me, he goes, listen, you're not very good with the tools and with the hammer and with construction. He goes, but you'd be a very good delegator. Like I could see you making money or owning a business, but not actually building the houses yourself because I was too distracted. I, that's not where I wanted to be. <laughs> so you're just a hustler, man. You had that skill. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and I've always had that. Like even before I was doing bad shit, like I was doing door-to-door sales, selling electricity and gas. And even though I didn't give myself credit for this, I got the most sales. I won the most awards. And I kind of thought I was fluking it. Like the people whose doors I was knocking at must have been better than everybody else's. But I had this hidden talent that I didn't love myself enough to admit that I had it and go after it. But now I know what I'm extremely good at. And I found a place to really dial that in. How did you find that? Facebook, man. I was scrolling on Facebook. So, oh. I just literally had the hardest day at work. Now I'm getting paid okay. I'm making $25 an hour. I had a company car at the time. I never had to go back to prison. Like I had work every day. Things were comfortable. I was quote unquote safe, right? Living that, living that hashtag safe life, yeah. right? We got this. But um, I wanted more than that. So one day my boss, there's this house getting built and maybe a thousand bricks have been put in the house out of 8,000. And some of them have got cracks in the bricks. So we have to remove all them bricks and then I have to go through every brick that's been delivered to that house. There's 8,000 bricks oh and single-handedly God. I have to cut the strap, grab the brick, look at it. If it's damaged, I need to put it in the wheelbarrow, take it to the back of the house and take to another job. 
And if it's okay, I need to restack it. And then at the end, I need to count how many bricks were bad and how many bricks were good. This took me eight days, eight or 10 hours a day. And by the end of it, my wrist was clicking from grabbing the bricks and looking at them. And I was like, no human with a brain would do this for the rest of their life. And then I got home from Facebook and I'm only just able to scroll because my opposing thumbs can barely work from all the bricks that I've been checking all day. And I'm scrolling, scrolling, bang. This post comes up from this young kid from Perth, right, named Jeremiah. And I'm looking at his post. Make money online, X minor, replace your income, blah, 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 whatever. And at that stage, I was willing to try anything, bro. Like anything. <laughs> and I figured even if it was a scam, I'd still be able to make money. Like, let's just... <laughs> Let's just see how it goes. Yeah. I, com- I commented for more info and, um, you know, we had a conversation. It was a real person. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I'd never done marketing. I didn't even own a laptop. My phone was outdated, but I knew there had to be a better way than the, t- the last 10 hours I'd just spent my day looking at bricks. So it took him about a week to get me across the line, but then I did get started and life, as I knew it, would never be the same again. Amazing. I want you to kind of let the audience know what was the main thing though in that, that journey that how important was the personal development? Like how important it was learning and reading? What was the main thing that you felt that really impacted you that you now teach other people to do that really helps the shift in mindset and to help create success? Well, so I found a coach and a mentor. His name is Jim Rohn. He's dead. But he's on YouTube. And anyone can have a coach and a mentor. If you've got access to the internet, you can have a coach and a mentor. You don't have to pay hundreds of thousands. You get one for free. You make hundreds of thousands. And then you invest it into someone who's alive, right? So I'd listen to Jim Rohn every single morning. And he had this one speech. It was called Rare Talk. And I would listen to it every day. I'd listen to that five times when I was starting this business. And there were a few things that he said that I just took as gospel. I've been very good at implementing things right away, not trying to work shit out for myself. If somebody who's got a million dollars says that A, B, and C can make it happen, I don't try to work out D, E, try a little bit of F and Z. They told me A, B, C works, so I'm going to do that to the best of my abilities. So Jim Ron basically said that if I have a platform that can make money and somebody in there is making money, then I can do it too. Even if a thousand aren't, but one is, then I can do it too. Mm -hmm. All I need to actually do is have access to that platform and make sure that I work on myself every single day because people, even if I haven't made money yet, they will buy into my vision because I'm on an upward spiral of momentum from all the stuff that I'm learning every single day. And that's what happened. I wasn't sharing about how much money I was making because I wasn't making any money. I was building a brand around personal development and my journey from prisoner to construction worker to self-made entrepreneur. And people followed that journey and in the beginning, sales and bringing people on board were a little bit harder because I hadn't had that track record of success yet. But because I was so consistent and persistent and I was willing to take the action that people who who were making millions of dollars were making long before I'd made a dollar, people were willing to invest in me. And within five months, I was the top selling affiliate within the company. And I think at the time they had nearly 10,000 affiliates in their company. And still, even at that point, I thought I was fluking it. But now I've come to terms enough to say that I'm very fucking good at what I do and, and coaching and mentoring people to do the same. Oh, no doubt, man. And you know, one thing you cannot deny is that you've been so consistent, right? You show up and just 
seeing this crazy world online and you know how easy it is to hide and to not show up on certain days because you're not feeling good, you have been able to show up consistently, right? And would you say like that's had a huge part of your success because there's so many people and then when you just see that one person just keep showing up, it's almost like people are like, okay, there's a thing that comes and they're like, this guy's for real, right? And it's Absolutely. like, this guy's got to be up to something, right? I mean, it's... Yeah, well, I mean, you can't, you can't invest in someone who doesn't believe enough in themselves to be working on it every day. Yeah. Like if they were truly passionate about the program they had or the products or the skin care or skin cream or ointment or protein powder, whatever it is that they're selling... Yeah. Right. At the end of the day, you're not buying the products. You're buying into their dream. You're buying into their vision. You're buying into their emotion. And how much passion do they put into that? Like, are they going to be there in six months when you're struggling? And you know that from spending a couple of hours looking at their page. And that's all you need to know. Yeah, absolutely. So, what are some of the foundation? What are some non-negotiables for you in the mornings? What helps get you into the state? Because I know you like Tony Robbins as well. I love Tony Robbins. He talks about state management. How important is it to getting into your state? Because let's be honest, we don't all feel, it's not all sunshine and rainbows every morning, right? And you need mm -hmm. to understand that sometimes you're going to feel like shit. So what are the things in the morning, the non-negotiables for you that help get you to be, to have the most productive day that you can have? Well, I went through a time where I was making so much money without really having to do anything. I got lazy and I'd procrastinate and I'd just get out of bed at 10 a.m. because Hey, I've got an online business. I'm making 30 grand a month anyway. Like, why would I have, why wake up early? But then what I noticed was that I stopped doing all the things that helped me become successful in the first place. And then I stopped getting the results. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I would say to entrepreneurs who are making money. Don't get lazy with learning. Do not get lazy with learning because the universe can take away from you what it's already given to you so fast. So I had to swallow my pride and start getting back up at 7 a.m., I'd get up, I have to make my bed. If I make my bed, I've achieved something. Mm. I'm an overachiever, it gives me confidence. If I can make my bed, I can make 10 grand that day. If I don't make my bed, I don't deserve to have anyone on my team. That's how, that's how I think about it. And then I ask myself every single day, if my team only consisted of people who were doing exactly what I'm doing today, would my team be successful? And that's what I ask myself. And if I can say yes, well, then I'm on the right path. But if I'm thinking I haven't done shit today, and if my team was full of people like me, I wouldn't be making any money this month. I've got to light some fire under my ass. <laughs> but the biggest thing for me, yes, I've meditated sometimes. Sometimes I listen to sleep hypnosis audios. I've got these little things that I've done for long periods of time, but I always gas myself up. And whenever I've had mentors travel from around the world to come spend time with me, they will say the one thing Brody does is his I am affirmations. I will be in the shower, like just in the shower in the morning saying, I am a money maker, motherfucking machine. I am a boss. Money flows for me with ease and grace. I'm going to make 10 grand today. I help people every single day. Every single day, I'm attracting new distributors into my life. And that's how I start my day. I, I am the fucking man. And I, I, that's how I start until I'm in state. I pull my shoulders back. I change my body. I, I get into it, you know, like a, a mode where I'm ready to rock and roll. And I, and I attack my day. I'll put some motivational music in. I'll do 200 push-ups. I'll film some stuff for my stories. I'll repurpose that as some content. I'll schedule some other stuff. Boom, go live, split test some ads, reach out to the 20% in my team who are giving me 80% of the results. I'll um, reach out to people like yourself. I'll post some shit. And I just keep moving. 
and I move so fast that I've got no choice but to be successful. Yeah, I, man, you're getting me fired up, bro. And that's what I love about you. I really liked what you said about if, when you, when you, when you frame it like, if your team was doing what you were doing that day, because we all have those days, right? And if you think of it like that, if every person was being lazy, then nothing would happen. Nothing. And that's such a good way to be. Character is built when nobody's watching, right? And it's that's like, right. it's so true. And it's so easy to sort of have those days. And I'm really glad you pointed that out because it's all perspective on how you look at it, right? And it's so easy to hide. But then if you're a team, you're counting on your team, you need to lead with example. It's all about leading by example and having that, that leadership. So super powerful, bro. What about what did, long before I had any success, I think I would have learned this from listening to Jim Ron. I was able to build so much confidence within myself from every day writing down tasks mm. and then crossing a line through it. And every time I crossed a line through it, I knew, I knew I was closer to becoming successful or hitting that rank or whatever. And I would become addicted to completing tasks every day. All right, read half an hour of this book. Make sure you make your bed. Speak to 15 people today. Watch that training on how to close a sale. Listen to half an hour of Jim Rohn. Meditate 20 minutes and all these things. And every time I put a line through it, I built this confidence within myself that if I set out to do something, I can do it. So then when I decided one day I'm going to make $20,000 this month and I wrote it down, subconsciously, my brain doesn't know the difference between me writing down, I'm going to make 20 grand this month and I'm going to make my bed today. All it knows is that when I write shit down, I get it done. And that was how I built that confidence within myself that whenever I set out to do something, I'll get it. Yeah, I know for sure, man. What if there is something, if you could go back to a younger version of yourself, what would you say to him? Well, I do. I do go back to a younger version of myself now. Um, I know you had <laughs> the amazing man, Mr. Adrian Wesley. Yeah, on the I was going to get into that. This is, this, I'm glad you're bringing this up because that was my next. So yeah, I did one session. I did a, um, what is it? Regression work. Or what, I, I did something where I went back and visited a younger version of myself. And it took me back to me when I was probably... 14 or 15 and, and I just gotten off a call with my mom and mom I love you but I you know I share my life openly and if it triggers you well that's your own shit but um you know I just gotten off a call with my mom and she like I, she said something along the lines of like well it's all your fault I'm gonna kill myself and I, and, I got, and and that was often I would hear that shit often from my mom at very young even like eight or nine years of age and my mom didn't mean it like she's sick there's a reason why she does this stuff she's not just a horrible person but at the time, like, there's no other way that you could feel unloved than from your mom saying she's going to kill herself and, like, it's going to be your fault if you don't do this or do that. And she was just trying to get love herself because at that point, nobody else was talking to her. I got so good at being able to be like, yeah, whatever, mom. Here, dad. Hang up the phone. I don't want to talk to her. That I was able to – I just stored so much emotion, so much hurt inside of my body, which must have come out in so many other ways as I got older and older. So it took me back to that memory, which I'd forgotten about completely. And I was just letting little Brody know that everything's going to be okay. Your mum doesn't mean that. She's sick. Your dad's got your back. And you're going to be very, very successful in your life and help a lot of people. And um, yeah, it brought me down to my knees, man. I was crying my little eyes out. Yeah, if anyone listening, you guys haven't checked out Adrian Wesley yet, man. He's amazing. And we, you know, we both worked with them and the thing is, is like we all have these underlying limited beliefs and it's nobody's fault. It's just, that's what happens when you're, you know, from zero to eight, you develop these things. We don't realize that we have these things. 
They don't realize that we're self-sabotaging ourselves all the time. And to really, first of all, it takes courage to just go and say, hey, I want to work on this stuff to admit that you have a problem because most people won't even admit it. They're like, oh, that's stupid. That's bullshit. That's not for me. And those are the people that need it most. So it's so powerful to be able to, first of all, address that there's a situation that isn't ideal going on in our heads, which everybody has, and to be able to go through that and work through that through your subconscious and be able to go and have that go back and say whatever you need to say or that healing that you need that can have profound effects in all areas when it comes to anxiety, fear, nervousness, you know, shit that like you can't put your finger on, you know, you don't know why you do these things, but you're doing them, right? And it's this pattern. So, I mean, how much has that helped you as far as like you were successful, but then once you started doing that stuff, that extra program, that extra subconscious programming, how much has that helped you as far as being a better person in business and just developing more confidence? It's an absolute must. It's a must do. Like if you can afford to do it, do it in the beginning of your journey, do it then. Otherwise, like investing your money into yourself is an absolute must. Working on your subconscious mind, doing the different hypnosis, audio tapes, the different money magnet things that are coming out at the moment. Like there's so much coming out at the moment out of myself and out of Adrian Wesley, which hasn't been released yet. So I'm not going to let the let the lid on the can open just yet. But for a lot of the people who are in our niche and our business, which is obviously in my life, do you want me to talk about what I what I do? Of course, bro. Yeah. 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 So like obviously I'm an Enagic distributor. So for all the Enagic distributors who are following this podcast and all of you should be if you want to be successful and have that motivation every single day. Yeah, there's definitely some big things coming up which are going to make things more accessible to you and affordable if you can't afford one-on-one sessions with Adrian. But working on your subconscious, there's a lot of things holding us back that we don't realize. And I was, I was earning whatever I was earning and I wanted to be able to earn twice as much as that. Well, I can't have twice as many hours in the day, so obviously I need to become twice as valuable. And that's why I work with Adrian. Yeah, so, man. Yes, it has to be done. Non-negotiable. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. And yeah, bro, I mean... Um yeah, the business is powerful, man. It's, it's helping a lot of people, right? I mean, there's a lot of people who are stuck and yeah, by all means, man, share, share what you do, share the, the experience that you've had and maybe explain how it's evolved over time and what you can expect in the direct selling, in the affiliate marketing, in that entire space, you know, to get, you know, to show people, you know, what's coming. Yeah, man, for sure. So a lot of people have already got some negative opinion about network marketing, multi-level marketing, direct selling, sales. They've all got these beliefs about them that sales is bad, money is bad, money is the root of all evil, and that's another podcast for another day. But they've already got these conceptual beliefs, which is actually really holding them back from being able to become successful because unless you are willing to trade your time for money for the rest of your life, you need to have programs and systems and networks in place that can make you money while you sleep. Otherwise, you'll work until you die. And so I come across a very powerful company in Enagic with an amazing compensation plan and a lot of health benefits, which I won't go into. And it set me up for life and how it differed from other things, you know, other things that were a pyramid scheme, like your nine to five job, was that it worked on an eight point commission structure. And once those eight points have been paid out, that's it. And no matter where you started in the business, you can technically get all those eight points for yourself. So, I mean, I've been earning and no, no disrespect to my coach and my mentor, but I've been earning more than him since about two months of being into the business and he brought me in. So if I was in a pyramid scheme, that wouldn't be the case. And that's why I love this because it was so fair 
It was hard work. It was, if you were great at sales or you were good or you were committed and dedicated to learn this shit, you weren't feeling like a caged bird because so-and-so brought you in under so-and-so and so-and-so and you have to do all this to get that and blah, blah, blah. No, you work hard, you hustle, you learn how to do marketing, you're going to be very successful. And I'm passionate about that. Everyone deserves a, an equal chance. Yeah, for sure. How do you deal with the haters, bro? Because, you know, I was in, doing the same stuff and I just found, well, when I was going through the journey as well, I found the two things that were tough for me was dealing with people who having success that around me, I had like a weird belief that it triggered me. And another one was the haters and, or like the people that always come at you with like, this is bullshit. This is, and you know, I'm just really excited for you to kind of maybe paint a picture on that because that's never going away. Right. How do you deal with those two things? Because that's usually what keeps people down. I mean, there's probably people who still comment on Gary V stuff going, oh, as if you really make that kind of money, right? <laughs> like, yeah. there's always going to be people who are just negative Nancys who have been conditioned to believe that money is hard to come by. But it's not. There's more money than there is ocean because there's machines that can literally print it out at any time if they need to. So stop thinking it's so damn hard to come by. It's not. You've just been sold a little white lie that you need to work 10 hours a day for 30, 40, 50 dollars an hour and sell your soul until you're 70 for a pension or superannuation or 401k that's going to get eaten up by fees for a house that you'll never be able to pay off because living costs are so high at the moment. So why are you putting yourself through that just to give yourself a little ego boost to prove yourself right that there isn't other ways to make money when there clearly is because products need to be sold. And the best way to sell that is to give people incentives, bonuses, get more people involved, all the rest of it. It saves them paying millions of dollars in advertising because we can do it. And if we're any good at it, we can make millions of dollars. Right. So for anybody listening, can you just kind of explain what affiliate marketing is? Can you explain how that ties into the traditional network marketing, how it's easier now than before, you know, how affiliate, how social media and how like direct selling kind of works just so that anybody listening that's never really heard about this. Cause I know we have a lot of online marketers that maybe know, but there's definitely people out there that don't know. And I would love for you to maybe educate them a little bit on that. All right. So I'm a school y'all right now. Awesome. Okay. So first of all, the company I've been working with has been around for over 50 years and to get to the rank I am used to take about 13 years because people would do it door to door or they do demonstrations with the products and the products are amazing products and medical grade certified device in Japan. I believe now it's even medical grade certified device in America. So there's no questioning the health benefits, but I didn't get into this business for the health. At the time I was still eating McDonald's, but I wanted to make money. And this, this amazing company has built such a great compensation plan to help compensate people putting in the effort to sell their amazing health products, right? So for me, I never had this negative opinion like, oh, health products, oh, you make money if you sell it, must be a scheme. I never put those two things together and I don't know where people get that from. I guess some people have invested in things, multi-level marketing stuff and, st and failed and labeled it as a scam and then told everyone around them not to do it and put their own failures onto other people. Because it's much easier to do that, to stay consistent for six months, not making a dime, to then make 10 grand in your seventh month. So that would be my first opinion. My second one is, MLMs and multi-level marketing campaigns aren't all illegal. They're not all scams anyway. Like if they've been legitimized through the FTC and FCC and all those things, 
they're completely legitimate companies anyway. That being said, what I do, network marketing is a little bit differently. Do I talk to people in real life? Yeah, I do. Why not? I believe in the products. I make a shit ton of money. I want everybody to know. But you don't have to because of what we've got set up here with our program is if, if you don't have that network, you don't have that social proof yet, you don't want to be doing house parties and filling up your garage full of products, that's fine. Because now we've found a way that you can distribute for a company, make high-end commissions, the company sends the products out, does all the inventory, and we will help you run ads on Facebook to over 5 billion people. And out of that 5 billion, there's got to be a few million that want to change their life. And if they decide to come in and invest, great. If they don't, that's fine too. Like It's completely up to them. But what you will have is mentorship, step-by-step training, and track record of people who've had the results before you. But don't come in and give 10%, lose, and then call it a scam. Because there's a difference between you failing and a program that clearly has worked for people before. I love it, man. Yeah, no, I just wanted to hear that clarity because, you know, people are confused, man. There's a lot of bullshit out there. There's a lot of bad products too, you know. It's yeah. tough for people to decipher. You know, you got people running crypto scams, you know, again, not all crypto is bad, but then because of the stupid shit, it confuses people. So when the right thing comes, they don't know, they don't know when to invest. Same with the other stuff. You know, there's so much noise. It's hard to decipher through it when the right thing is there. Right. All I would say is scams and pyramid schemes are illegal. Yeah. If, If the person you're talking to has been doing it for a year, he would have had his shit shut down a long time ago if he was running some kind of illegal racket. So if they're brand new, then maybe you need to take some more due diligence. But do your actual research, and I don't mean by researching on Google, but actually look at the people that you're talking to and are they showing up every day? Are they working on themselves? Are they giving you value for free? Are they easily accessible? Or are they hiding in a cave somewhere in some third world country and you can't even see their face and they're telling you to click a button and you're going to make a million dollars because that's clearly a scam but there's a big difference between those you know yeah man and the reality of it is things are becoming more accessible and people just need to understand that this is the way of life now if you're not trying to figure out a way to make money online somewhere or another you're going to lose that's Mm. just the way it is right and we've just been programmed so i'm really glad you got into that man and your story is pretty incredible, man. So it must be tough sometimes when someone's got excuses for you because like, what do you say when someone's got excuses after all you've gone through? That's what I say to them. I say, listen, <laughs> like, they might come up with some stuff like I can't do, I won't be able to succeed in this business because of X, Y, and Z. And I never got a B on my report in high school or something like that. Yeah. And I'll be like, I dropped out in year 10 I got booted out of, like, I was trying to get into the army. I failed my psychiatric test. I had depression, OCD, and anxiety. I dealt with my mom trying to kill herself how many times. My brother killed himself. I spent six months in solitary confinement. I've been bashed from one end of the street to the other. Like, after all that, I'm still making tens of thousands of dollars. Like, get your ass off that couch. Stop eating them fucking Tito's, and let's learn some shit and make money together. Yeah, you're a true inspiration, bro. And I love it because it's so raw and so real. And it's easier. It's so easily digestible when it comes from somebody who's been through this. And that's why I love this this show and finding people like yourself to share that. Because, you know, there's so many cookie cutter people out there. And it's hard to believe that they, some of their stories, right? And you hear something that's gone through a lot of shit. And it's just, it's awesome. It's, a, it's an inspiration, man. So 
thank you so much for for dropping in and sharing that bro like that's it's thank you at the end of the day if i didn't go through that shit i wouldn't be on this podcast today absolutely man where can everybody find you brother they can find me at Brody Nitro on Facebook, at Brody Nitro on Instagram, at Brody Nitro on YouTube. And um, they can even meet, message me uh, directly. Otherwise, if they go to buildyourempire.life, they can get instant access to my course and check it out for themselves. Awesome. Make sure you check him out. Brody Nitro, guys, he's got so much value. He's got so many videos. His content is amazing. It's, it's inspirational. There's, I mean, there's only so many words I can say. This guy, he's changing the game. And I'm really, really excited for you guys to come check him out. Brother, one more question before we sign off. Uh-huh. I always ask everybody, yeah. what's the one, one thing, one tip that you can give for people listening to overcome adversity, whether it be in business, in life, dealing with deaths, dealing with struggle, to go on to become successful in whatever it is they're doing? Two things. Always remember your, is it called immortality or mortality? One. When you remember that you're going to die one day, keep that at the forefront of your mind. We're all going to become dirt. We're not here forever. And you've probably got 30 years left if you're listening to this podcast now. 30, maybe 60 years left if you're lucky, all right? What are you doing with those 60 years? And whatever results you want, somebody's done it before you, go ask them how they did it and just put your ego in your back pocket do exactly what they did. Awesome, man. Wow. Make sure you check them out, guys. Brody Nitro in the house. Thank you so much, bro. I appreciate you. And I cannot wait to see what you create in the next year, bro, to see what you've done in the last year. <laughs> it's only going to skyrocket. So thanks so sure. much. Thank you, legend. Thank you. And if you guys haven't already subscribed to this podcast, make sure you subscribe to this yeah. shit. Hit that purple button. Listen to this man on the regular because he'd be dropping value on your ass. Thanks, brother. I love and appreciate all of you guys. Have an amazing day. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I had recording it. Brody is a really inspirational dude. And you know what? If you want daily content that's going to lift you up and inspire you to get off your ass, this is the guy to do it. If you want to start a business, you want to do any of that, hit him up. Ask him questions, you know? No question's a bad question. You know, he's a, he's a great guy and he'll love to help you out. So follow him, check him out. I really appreciate you guys. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Let's grow this thing. Let's change lives. This is all about helping add value into people's lives so that hopefully we can help people make better decisions and get through the adversity, right? Use your adversity as fuel and use it to blaze that trail ahead of you guys. You have the two choices. You can let adversity destroy you or you can use it as fuel. And I'm hoping that this show will help you use it as fuel. So I appreciate all of you. Make sure to follow Brody, subscribe, leave a review. Catch you next time. Just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.